Okay, uh, welcome to the Incompetent Sports Podcast, uh, first ever episode. My name is Pat Strong, your host. I'm here today with Matt Hickey, my buddy Matt over here, and uh, we're going to bore you to death with some sports talk, so strap in. First off, before we get into anything, I just want to say um, one of my biggest pet peeves in life is people talking about sports that have no idea what they're talking about. So with that being said, we're going to talk about some sports that we really don't understand at all. So uh, <laughs> let's start with the NBA finals game two tonight. Raptors warriors. It's going to be a great no game. It's be a great game. Uh, I got the, well, I can make my prediction yet. Yeah. Let's hold but off on that. I think it's going to be a really competitive game. I think it's be back and forth game of runs. I think, Basically, whoever has their the last run, last say, is going to win this game. You know, I think uh, I think the Warriors are uh, going to come out really pissed tonight, really motivated, and uh, I do kind of worry about the Raptors kind of coming out nonchalant. You know, uh, maybe Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry doesn't show up tonight. Maybe I mean, you never know. Playoff he Kyle Lowry, show, playoff <laughs> Kyle might show up, might not. You know, hope for the best for him, but uh, it's going to be on Kawhi's back again. I think. Uh, Passes the chances of Siakam having another uh, insane game are, you know, slim to none. I think he'll play well, but um, well, the big question is how sh- strongly do we see the Raptors' ability to bounce back? Yes. If the if the Warriors get up early, do the Raptors fold or do they yes. do they battle? That'll yeah. be the really interesting thing to see. And that was really was interesting about Game One was that it felt like the Raptors kind of grabbed an early lead and we saw like throughout the western conference finals with the warriors you know having like what three four straight games where the Mm -hmm. uh, blazers had 17 point leads coming back and the raptors were in semi-similar situation and they just held the lead through the whole game Mm -hmm. and part of that is you know they had home court warriors hadn't played in nine days so that's you know um obviously kd is still out that's a big one Um, boogie's first game back so he didn't really have much of an impact. We don't even know if he'll be an impact player in this series at all yet, to be honest. Well, but. we know that the Warriors are going to battle back regardless. Yeah. They have way too much talent where they're not just going to lay down any part of the game. Yeah. They've done this, what is it, five years in a row? Five now? years in a row in the finals. Unreal. Unreal. Only matched by LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Only LeBron has done that himself. <laughs> there is no other team with him. It's just LeBron. Just LeBron. <laughs> No, it, it'll be it'll be very fascinating to see if the Raptors are able to kind of sustain that that sucker punch that's coming for them because you know that Warriors are coming out firing. Yeah, and um, I really you know will be interested. It seems like game after game throughout uh, the four game run in the Eastern Conference Finals to come back on the Bucks and then th- during in Game One against mm-hmm. the Warriors, the Raptors have had. You know, I think it's commonly accepted like. Lowry's maybe the second biggest name. Siakam's kind of developed in the second biggest player, second mm-hmm. best player, I guess. Agreed. Um, but it seems like game to game, someone else steps up. And yeah. to a certain extent, that's really awesome for the Raptors. But at the same time, it's kind of concerning that it's, you know. You never know who's going to be. Yeah, you're relying on one guy to get hot as opposed yeah. to consistently performing. And uh, But it will be really interesting to see, will another guy step up tonight? Will it be Siakam, Van Vliet, um, even Norman Powell has had some good games. Well, so. The thing is... For the Raptors, if they if they can get their depth to work how it's supposed to, like they get everybody firing, I, I think they could end up winning the series. A lot of it depending obviously on when KD gets back. If their if their depth exactly. like the 
Danny, Danny Green, Fred Van Fleet, if uh, Pascal keeps doing what he's doing, Serge, all those guys, if they can keep up playing how they need to play and they basically put playing above their talent because essentially that's what you need to do to beat the Warriors. Yep. If they're able to do that, and I think if KD misses past game three, I could definitely see the Raptors taking this series. I could see, yeah, I could definitely see a scenario where, especially if they go up 2 0 tonight, I think if they go up 2 0 tonight, it really, especially as fans, it starts to set in like mm-hmm. this could actually happen, which is insane to think like back in the summer when the Raptors basically got uh, Kawhi as a rental, which is how most people viewed it. Well, and fired their yeah, like, uh, coach of the Casey, year. Dwayne Casey had, had an un- best run for any Raptors coach ever. I mean, up to that point. So, Really, and then hiring an assistant, yeah, um, up. Really interesting move. And if they could, you know, if they go up two zero tonight, I think it really starts to set in the reality. Like, yeah, Toronto could do this, and I think it's really huge for the league. I think it would really mix it up. Um, it creates a lot of uh, interest that hasn't been there for the last four or five years. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think it's exciting, regardless. I think the Raptors will continue to be competitive. Um, obviously, if KD comes back, you know it. The playing field isn't as level, but that was the case yeah. anyways against anyone with the Warriors. But um, how do you think Kawhi's going to do tonight? I mean, they doubled the heck out of him last game. I mean, the whole game, he was just getting doubled every single time. And he's you know he's become a great ball handler and passer, and I think he was doing a really good job of distributing out of those double teams. But um, do you think the Raptors can continuously win if he's not getting huge scoring outputs? Now, you ask... How's Kyrie or sorry Kawhi? Kawhi. How's Kawhi doing? Gonna do tonight? Yeah, and I think it'll it's relies less on Kawhi as an individual, and more on is Lowry gonna hit shots? Mm-hmm. Is Siakam gonna be able to play like he's been playing? Yep. Are these guys gonna be able to hit shots to make it so they can't focus all of their defense on Kawhi? Can the rest of the Raptors make it so it's not just Kawhi? Yeah, because if you get it to that point then Kawhi is able to do his own thing. He doesn't mm-hmm. have to force stuff. Yep. So I don't think it's up to Kawhi. I think Kawhi is going to have a good game regardless. Because even if he doesn't put up the crazy like 30, 40-point night. He's an impact player. He's a, he, he, plays, so he plays – there's a whole other half of the game that no one talks about, talks about. His defense, which is, never, which is always going to be there. Yep. So in that sense, I think he's going to have a great game. But scoring-wise – and offensively, it's just going to depend on everybody else on that Raptors squad. Yep. And on that note, um, with Kawhi's whole situation, um, if the Raptors win, you know, I think most people would make a relatively safe assumption he's going to come back to Toronto. It would be a really strange and really controversial move if he left after winning a championship. I mean, that'd be really interesting. But um, but I think it's much more up in the air if they lose. But just in general, you know, I think it's really – most people have kind of come to the conclusion it's either going to be the Clippers or the Raptors. He's either going to stay or he's going to be the Clippers thing. You know, go home to L.A. I don't think he wants to get in the, you know, the controversy and how loud the Lakers are. The mm-hmm. Clippers are relatively quiet for being an L.A. team because they can kind of hide behind the Lakers. Um, but at the same time, they have a much better infrastructure in place right now. Well – what I'll say is kind of off topic, but the Lakers are extremely dysfunctional. I don't, I don't see any free agent going to, to the Lakers. As long as Palenka is the GM, yeah. I don't see anyone. Guy's, an, guy's an idiot. He's yeah. insane. Yeah. I don't see any free agent. I think everyone's getting scared off from Kyrie to Kawhi. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see anyone going there. 
But the way I see it is Kawhi was never going to go to L.A. in my eyes. Really? Because just, just listen to him. He's never been built for that kind of media. Yep. And he, he's definitely not a guy that wants to be a number two. Even though he's quiet, you can tell he doesn't want to be like LeBron's sidekick. But my prediction would be if the Raptors win the series, he's staying in Toronto out of essentially like just by default. He has to. Like he's not going to have a choice. You can't leave. But if they lose, I don't think Kawhi knows where he's going to go. And I think it's going to be a very long summer for Raptors fans and Kawhi. Yeah, I I actually agree. I think it's going to be a brutal summer for Raptors fans because um, if he leaves – what are the, they have you nothing. rebuild, right? I mean, if you're the Raptors and Kawhi well, leaves, you have got to just what you break up the ship. You try to get like a pick out of Lowry, and you build yeah. around Siakam. Yeah, I mean, but and that's what you know we were talking about earlier today with Siakam is that you know he's viewed as this really young pro- prospect, and to a certain extent, he is. He's very relatively mm-hmm. inexperienced in the game. He hasn't been playing very long. Um, in fact, Bob Mute actually like was the first person to find him. He was like studying to become a priest in Cameroon. Wow. I, be- I believe don't quote me on that, but um, he's like 25. And I think most people view Siakam as like this 21, 22 year old. That's got a long waist and he's only a couple years outside of his prime. So it becomes, if you are the Raptors and you go and Kawhi leaves and you go, okay, time to rebuild. What are we going to do mm-hmm. next? He build around Siakam. It actually has to be relatively rapid. I think. Well, the way I see it is, Raptors don't have a choice. Absolutely. Kawhi leaves. Like, yeah. what are they supposed to do? Like, mm-hmm. Siakam, Siakam's an insanely talented player. And he's not a bad guy to build around. But like you said, it's going to have to be rapid. They're going to have to try. You can't, you can't trade for draft picks, I don't think. You can't, you can't be like, oh, I'll trade you Lowry for a 2021 like, mid-lottery pick. Mm-hmm. That's not going to do I anything. Think, no, I, I don't think teams will even have interest in Lowry at that point. I think realistically, you try to get what you can out of Lowry. You insert Van Vliet um, into that starting point guard role, whether it be permanently, temporarily, however you want to view it. But like my concern with that whole Raptor situation, if Kawhi does leave, is if you rebuild around Siakam, what's your realistic ceiling? Is it the, well, is, Because I view the ceiling, if he leaves, as being exactly where they were with DeRozan and well, Lowry at best. Slightly different situation, but... Kawhi leaves. I see the Raptors in like very similar type of team to like what the Miami Heat are now. Yeah. Post LeBron, they have a bunch of solid, solid to like slightly above average NBA players, yeah. and they're right borderline of the playoffs yeah. every year. And, and I think it, them being a borderline playoff team, I agree. I think you've got what has didn't used to be has become a really strong and consistent organization. Um, they've got a great GM. I don't know how good of a coach Nurse really is, but I mean, to a certain extent, to you know, you could you'd have to manage that talent. And it was well, a new team this year. I think he's a pretty good coach. It's kind of a Steve Kerr effect, isn't it? Yeah, I yeah, a little, I, little I bit see that to a certain extent. Um, that maybe, you know, if the Raptors go and win the title this year, you know, Nurse is going to get all the credit, right? Exactly. Which maybe isn't fair to Casey, but at the same time, you know. You look at the Steve Kerr situation, he doesn't get the credit he deserves for it. No. Well, because people no. are just like anyone could do that. Anything anyone could do that with that roster. Yeah, which is which isn't true, true at all. You throw you throw Mike Jackson yeah. in charge of that yeah, team Mar- and it probably yeah, breaks Jackson's, apart in a, in a year or two. Yeah, it, he's um I, I don't know. I think they both play the roles, and it's the same thing with the Raptors. I think Dwayne Casey had a really important role with getting that organization, you know, right Where at the it was. Ship. 
you know, him and um, Sayujiri moving the Raptors in the right direction where they had the franchise had never really been. I mean, they had had some good years with Vince Carter, um, young Tracy McGrady, but they were not what we think of them as being now. Um, but I think what is, you know, when it comes to Kawhi potentially coming back to Toronto, and I think um, I believe Colin Coward was talking about this on his show. Um, he's mentioned this several times is you can kind of hide in Toronto. Like you get the big city feel, you can live there. It, it, you know, you get that kind of environment. But when it comes to national media and the NBA's media, they only really get any attention when it's like how they are now, where they're like in the finals. They're making deep playoff runs, but Agreed. they don't get the kind of attention they do throughout the year. And it's a relatively similar situation to what he had in San Antonio in that sense. Well, so here's my big question. So Kawhi stays, they win the championship. Let's just say that yeah. that's the scenario we're running with. Great. Raptors fans are happy. NBA is like, wow, we have another contender that's on tier with, or at least slightly below the Warriors. And We're leveling like, the playing field yeah. is the big thing. It's, it's, it's closer. Like, it, we've but, seen it all year in the NBA, and now it's officially it's there. Like There's other teams that can not afford what, what people are kind of blinded by with this Raptors run, yeah. yes, they have Siakam and they have Kawhi. Gasol's old. Serge Baca's old. Kyle Lowry's old. Yeah. And then the rest is just is all role players. Yeah. I think what happens with the roster? Do they it, it, yeah, that's eventually they're gonna have to because I think Kawhi and Siakam are clearly the, the two pieces, right? Exactly. Um I do I do think that you know we've seen flashes from Van Vliet where he could slide in as a starting point guard role and do you know, he's not gonna be what Pete Kyle Lowry was, but he can play, you know, that solid just keep the offense steady kind of point guard. Um, but outside of him, I don't know what other starter level well, role players they have right The now. way I – and this is looking down the road for the Raptors, obviously. Yeah. But the way I see it, every – and even the Raptors this year are lacking it. And if they lose, I'll probably – if they lose the championship, we'll probably point to this as a reason why. Mm-hmm. Every team that has been winning championships has had a big three or big four. A legitimate three real yes. stars. You, you go all the way back to 08 Celtics. You go to the Lakers with the Lakers. Kobe, uh, Powell, and, Powell and, and you could and, uh, Odom or Bynum. Bynum. I mean, it was kind of, you know, both of them. And then you go to the LeBron team in Miami uh, with yeah. Bosh and Wade. I mean, that was the you know, trademark big three. Exactly. Guys, you know, and, then, so. and then obviously you have the new era with Golden State. The Warriors. Yep. But who is the Raptors' big three? Is it Siakam? Most people think of him as being Lowry, but if you actually look at his current no. production – it's not anymore. I mean, we've never, you know, seen it out of him in the playoffs. So um, now, if anything, that makes this year's run by the Raptors in general, especially with what Kawhi's been doing, mm-hmm. kind of carrying this team, really extraordinary. In today's NBA, to only it's, have it's unheard of. Yeah, it really is unheard of because you've got a situation where Lowry's—he's got the name, but he's not really, you know, a consistent All-Star level point guard in the playoffs. Siakam is still really a developing player. We're seeing flashes. We saw like. Unreal playing game one, 32 points, I believe. Um, but it's not consistent game to game, and it really is extraordinary what Kawhi is doing. And I think it kind of shows just the level of play that he's at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which, speaking of people acknowledging the level of play he's at, uh, Doc Rivers, that was hilarious. The most, maybe the most predictable tampering find of all time, Doc Rivers. <laughs> saying that Kawhi is the closest thing we've had to Jordan since Michael Jordan. Um, oh my. 
ironic, you know, Clippers head coach, like, you res- oh. You respect it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like, you respect the play. He's taken the 50K fine, it, you know, maybe, you know, getting in good with Kawhi, you know. <laughs> Throw a nice little compliment over yeah, there. He's, he's getting paid, you know, he – they're, they're all making he, millions. They don't care about a fifty thousand dollar fine. I mean, they care, but you know, <laughs> he has been around this league long enough. He knew exactly what he was doing. And no. if anyone tries to convince you otherwise, they're lying because Doc was. That's a recruiting play, and you know what? I'm cool with it. That's fine. Um, also, free agents that have been talked about with the Clippers may not be going there at all. But KD, what is going on there? I think. Win or lose, KD's out. Oh, I agree. And he he is so – I think – I legitimately – like obviously, I'm not inside the locker room. I don't know what's going on. No. But from what we've seen, just from reports, which sometimes are lies, but he seems really disconnected from the Warriors. That's, well, right I was just going to say that. Like, obviously, he, when he's playing, he's playing out of his mind. Absolutely. He's had, an, he's had a very good playoff run. Yes. But just in terms of, like – so every fan, they love to see their team, and they love to see, like – they love to see, like, a great, like, camaraderie. And, yeah. like, they love to see, like, their team banding together to win. But when you watch the Warriors, you don't really see Co- or uh, Durant excited to be winning. KD feels like playing with the Warriors in general, and and maybe this isn't fair, but it feels like in an AAU basketball tournament when a team, like, picks up a player just for that tournament – and it's like they can do great things for your team. They're, you know, maybe they're they're probably the most talented player on the roster, and that's why they're getting picked up to play for one tournament. But they're not really part of the team. And no. and for me, it's it is insane to think that I don't know if you feel this way, but I certainly uh, enjoy and am more inclined to pull for the Warriors when Katie's not playing, partially because I think they play a faster, uh, yeah. more exciting pace, better ball movement, and that's not to say they're better as a team, but just more entertaining. But also. Um, I do like to see Steph kind of get some credit he deserves that yeah. I think has been lost the last couple of years. It has been kind of forgotten. Well, that's kind of – this is backtracking a little bit. We'll get right back to Katie in a yeah. second. But this is kind of the reason why I think Kawhi never really considered L.A. Yeah. I think he sees Steph kind of just like – obviously everyone knows Steph is um, – like he changed the game. He's an amazing point guard. Point guard kind of. But um, plus point guard position, it's modern. Point I, I think he saw Katie came in, and pe- and now he's the Warriors' best player. Yeah, and I think Kawhi would see. Okay, I'm. I mean, you'll probably say the same. Like Kawhi's probably a top three or four player in the NBA. I think he's number two personally. Well, there you go. But he's he's right I up. There. I don't think he's gonna want to go to the team where the where the yeah number one is. Like, and, and the other thing is, I think Kawhi. What he is as a player, he's a six-seven small forward, very like prototypical in like post, you know, nineteen seventies NBA mm-hmm. superstar. It's like the wing, it's the big strong wing position, right? I Agreed. mean, throughout the, I mean, Magic was a point guard, but that kind of physical build. Larry Bird, you go into shooting guards and small forwards have been the face of the league for a long time now, and um, and Steph is a different kind of player where he can. I think most people didn't think he could until he did it, but he can mm-hmm. be the centerpiece superstar, but he's also built to kind of be a complimentary player. That's what most people thought, best case scenario, yep. he could be was a high, high-level complimentary player, not a franchise centerpiece. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic with Kawhi. Mm-hmm. I think he's more inclined because of who he is as a player to clash with other players just in play style because Steph is 
there's no comparison to Steph. No. The there's only not player, a player in the NBA like him. I think the only player in the NBA with like a similar play style, and even so, it's not that similar as Dame. I think Damian Lillard has a rep, but he's the yeah, only like in a he, sense. And and it's gonna start to change. We're gonna see more of it. I mean, you mm-hmm. see, you know, Darius Garland coming in this year from Vanderbilt is a similar build. I love that kid. Yeah, I really I I'm think really he's ex- an awesome I, player. I personally, as a Celtics fan, I hope that they find a way to trade yeah. up for that guy. I, I think he's he's definitely not a sleeper in the draft. People know about him, but I think he's he's one that uh is is definitely well, he's built for today's NBA. Well, if you if you think about the draft, and this isn't a main topic for conversation today, but when you talk about the draft, you talk about Zion, Jaw, and uh, RJ Barrett. Yep, that's that's really all you talk about. And now you're mm-hmm. starting to see some, some of these more, some, some of these guys time. right in that yeah. like maybe five to eight range where they're projected, starting mm-hmm. to get a lot more talk. And I kind of like that. And, and again, if it wasn't for Steph, you know, a guy like Garland may or may not have the kind of stock he does, where people mm-hmm. talking about like potentially top five pick, right? And I don't think you know he would probably be in the ten to fifteen range. Um, especially yeah. with getting injured at the beginning of the year. He played like what, four games. So the the thing with Steph is that I think he's able to impact the game in a number of different ways that he doesn't necessarily get credit for, but he's also a really unique player. There is no, you know, he's not going to clash with someone no. in that way because no one plays like him, and that's not necessarily the case for Kawhi. Well, um, back, back to KD. So yeah. his, his free agency, I think KD is either going to New York – for basically for his brand. Yeah. That's essentially the only reason to go to New York. I agree. Possibly teaming up with Kyrie. Don't really know what's going on there. Um, or he's going to the Clippers. And I personally, I'd be a lot happier to see him go to the Clippers because I really love seeing the Lakers in agony as well as I think that would be a really interesting fit because that team plays really well together and they play really hard. And then throwing in a top-tier score like KD, not even to mention his defense, which is also severely underrated. I think it would be really fascinating to see that dynamic. Okay, so um, I think next, you know, what we should talk about is, you know, what what is the next step for the Bucks? Because I think a lot of people viewed the Bucks as this team that was, you know, they go up 2-0 on the Raptors. Um, everybody seems to be playing well. It's debatable how, like, actually, I mean, they're very talented, but it's debatable how talented they are. But it seemed like everyone was playing at such a high level, and then they kind of just collapsed. You know, I mean, you can mm-hmm. argue the Ra- the Raptors obviously played amazing, mm-hmm. but it, it went both ways. And, um, you know, what do you think is the next step for them? So I think they're in a similar position to what the Raptors were in last year. It's a little bit different, but last year the Raptors went in and they had a really talented team, first seed, and then they kind of just. They just didn't have what it took come playoff time to do what they needed to do. And I think maybe not this offseason, but the Bucs are approaching a a point where they're going to look at their roster and they're going to say, we have had the same roster for two, three years now, and we have not been able to get to the finals. And they're going to be like, we have this generational player. What else can we do? And like I said, I don't know if it's this offseason, but I think eventually you look into finding other players to build around Giannis. You're Giannis. Yeah. Um, I don't know who that player is. Maybe you try to improve the point guard position. Maybe you look at some guys that are available, maybe like a Mike Conley, who I think would be a big upgrade over Bledsoe. I mean, what are your thoughts on... I definitely think the 
And this is not to dog on Bledsoe. I think Bledsoe is a really he's a really physically gifted player. Mm-hmm. First off, um, really he's a solid player. But I think in general, um, I do think they need more of a point guard that can be a point guard. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like to a certain like Bledsoe, like he was like a glorified ball handler. I think you know this year, and he did some good stuff. But I felt like you know there were a number of other guys on the court that were just as effective doing the same things, mm-hmm. if not more effective, and Giannis being one of them, where it felt like Giannis really had to take on so much. And it was like sometimes it was like Giannis just needs to to take a breath, you know? Mm-hmm. The other thing is I think this is partially a next step in Giannis's career, and next step for the Bucks is just him developing some sort of jump shot. Um, I think for them to – be for him to be able to find those because they've they've they put a bunch of shooters around him. Brooke Lopez has developed a new shooter. Chris Middleton, one of the Chris best shooters in the league, one of the best shooters in the league. Um, so some really good players to be able to spread the floor. But even so, teams are still able to because of what he does are able to play off of him and collapse on him in those situations. And I think it doesn't need to be an elite three point shot. But I think if you look at someone like LeBron. And, and over the years, the way he developed his mm-hmm. shot slowly, where he's still not an elite shooter, but he's a good shooter. He's good enough where they have to defend him. Where they have to defend him, yeah. It's so that he it opens up – he is opening up the lanes for himself, too, mm-hmm. with his own shots. He's able to blow by these guys where they can't just sit in the paint, paint and wait for him to come to them, especially when you get big, strong teams like the Raptors where he can't just bully everyone. He's not going to – he doesn't bully Serge yeah. Ibaka, you know? So – I think that's the next step for the Bucks. Um, well, real quick before we move on to the next topic, the one thing I'll say about Giannis is he's got all these shooters around him, but you see at the end of the games, if they're down, he presses. Like yeah. he he like he himself, he thinks he has to win it by himself. And that's when you see him like you'll see him shooting threes and like like driving hard into like paint with four Forcing guys. It, yeah. When it, if he just plays his game and those shooters are open. You know, and I think part of that is like legitimately a result of sports media telling superstars that they have to be the one taking shots at the end of games. I mean, and it, it's the LeBron effect. It's the fact that he would make the right basketball play. And I have mixed feelings on that. I think some players should yeah. be forcing the shot. I'm okay with Kobe forcing it over a double team. Is it the best shot? Do I love it? Not necessarily. And same thing with Jordan. But but I don't think Giannis has to be that kind of player. The the NBA, and I don't think you should be. The NBA is progressing away from that though. I agree. With their it's moving to like a pace and space ball but way less isolation. There should there, there should insane. be very little isolation. Yes. Um speaking of isolation ball. Um <laughs> no you're going with this one. Yeah. So you're a Celtics fan. We're not gonna hide that. Oh what, what is going on with Kyrie buddy? He essentially – I'm not going to put – the blame isn't all on him, to be fair, for what happened. But his play style really hurt the development of Tatum and Brown. I think it hurt Gordon Hayward's ability to get back in the flow. And I think it just hurt the Celtics' chemistry overall because everybody – you saw all season, you saw in the playoffs when things got rough. When Kyrie gets in the game – People are afraid to pass the ball because they don't think they're going to get the ball back. And that's Kyrie's biggest problem because people know if Kyrie passes them and then Kyrie ends up getting the ball back, Kyrie's not passing the ball again. Kyrie is shooting the ball. So for the Celtics, and me personally, I hope Kyrie leaves and we figure out something else to do with our team. 
we can get into that a different day, exactly what they're going to do. But Kyrie's gone. And he, oh, yeah. I and I think he's going – I don't think he's going to L.A. Once again, dysfunctional, absolutely horribly He might pull a fast right one, though. I mean, we don't know you, Kyrie. You never know with it's Kyrie. It's possible, but – He may pull some, like, flatter stuff and find yeah. his way over there. But yes. uh, the big thing is uh, people are talking about the Knicks – or the two New York teams, Brooklyn, yeah, Brooklyn and, and, and the Knicks. Knicks. The Brooklyn and one is weird. Too. Brooklyn's I don't like the the D'Lo and Kyrie fit. Well, because I think Kyrie's somewhat semi like interested in another place where he can kind of be the star yet not. Which I think mm-hmm. he was like brought to Boston to be the centerpiece, and he's kind of the centerpiece yet not. But I don't think D'Lo has the status or the skill set. Really good player to be able to be like you know if Kyrie walks in, he's the guy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no disrespect to D'Lo, but it, that's just the reality. So and I think him going with KD to the Knicks on the court wise would be a very interesting and potentially successful pairing, but man, that New York uh, media oh. could be rough on them. So we'll see what happens there. Closing off this first episode, what is your prediction for Game Two tonight? We are two hours out from tip off for Game Two of the NBA Finals: Raptors Warriors. All right. My prediction is I got I got 113-109 Warriors. I had 115-107 Warriors. So I think we're about on the same page on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think they're gonna come out firing tonight and I think they're gonna I, I don't think they're gonna blow them out, but I think they're just gonna you know, the experience is gonna last and uh they're gonna pull that one out. So Incompetent Sports Podcast, first episode with my buddy Matt Hickey. I am Pat Strong, and uh, for anyone that actually happens to be listening, thank you. We appreciate you.